Welcome to the Balancing Actor Podcast, where we discuss balancing a civilian life with your creative one and everything in between. I'm your host, fellow actor, and fellow human, Miranda Rodan, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Balancing Actor Podcast. I am so freaking excited to have the incredible Miss Natalie Roy on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about all things acting and all things becoming new mamas and starting families and just getting into it. So grab your cup of coffee and come chat with us. But if you don't know Natalie Roy, you're gonna. I'm going to give you a rundown on her bio and I'm really excited to share all the incredible things that she's done. She's been a huge mentor for me and uh, she's just an overall really incredible person. So Natalie Roy is an actress of stage and screen and published author and acting mentor. She's performed and taught all over North America and most recently hit viral success working with Ryan Reynolds, hottie, and Maximum Effort starring in a series of commercials for Match.com, which won a prestigious Webby Award and boasts over 6.6 million views and 4 billion impressions. She has appeared on Blacklist, Blindspot, The Affair, Law & Order SVU, The Loudest Voice, The Detour, Power, The Following, Being Erica, Murdoch series, and in two films directed by award-winning director Sydney Fury. She also voices the English dubbing for hit Netflix series The Innocent as the lead role. She authored her first book, 30 Years, 30 Lessons, which I read, and it's so great because it's packed with all of her lessons, life lessons from her um, growing up and becoming an actor, and that was several years ago and has since collaborated on the I'm Impossible Project and the Create book, Let's Play. She's a 500-hour certified yoga teacher, so she knows what she's doing, and a meditation and mindfulness guide specializing in visualization, positive psychology, and optimal mindset for actors and performers. She co-founded Create with Tony-nominated director Kristen Hange and created the acting technique, The Activated Actor, with which she coaches many professionals working actors in New York City. And without further ado, welcome, Miss Natalie Roy. <laughs> that sounds so fancy. <laughs> I know, doesn't it? What's it like feeling like hearing your bio, you know? Like, you don't really hear it. You read it, you edit it a lot, but what's it like hearing it back? It's funny because it's like you write these things for other people, but it's almost like hearing it back is like a little bit of a eulogy feeling. <laughs> You're like, yeah. wow, I did that. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or oh yeah, we did that. Oh, yeah. And all the memories of those projects come back to you. And yeah, it's actually a lovely thing. Isn't that nice? It's it's like we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes. And I know we talk about that a lot, uh, being an actor and how we really do need to sit down and celebrate all of our wins and things like that. But like hearing it back, it's like, I did do that. I did a lot. <laughs> no wonder I'm tired. Totally. Yeah, that's that's the number one thing. It's like, wow, I'm allowed to be tired. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Bio. <laughs> yes, thank you, Bio. But like, how, like, just to see so many like flowers of the seeds that you've planted in your work and over time, it's just it's so rewarding. I think, and um, you've certainly accomplished a lot. And it's crazy. I was thinking back. I was like, when did I meet Natalie? And this was back in the Green Lounge days. I mean, 2015, baby. Yeah, that's, a long, that's over what seven, eight years ago. My goodness, that's insane. Insane. We, we were just babies then. Yeah, just kind of figuring it out and finding a community, which was important. And I mean, it's just been kind of incredible to see how everyone has evolved and how like the Green Lounge has evolved and your class of the activated actor, which we definitely can touch on because I know I've, I, I still go back to all of those techniques that we've gone over in class. So helpful. Um, 
And I think you bring such an organic, genuine approach to the craft. And there's just so much more packed into that class. It's not just an acting class. Um, do you want to touch you. on it a Thank little you. bit? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I just, I, I found like when I became an actor, you know, I came from a really small town. It was actually a really beautiful thing. I've recently had a young girl from my same hometown reach out to me. She's 18 years old. And she said, I I really want to be an actor. And everybody tells me I can't do it. And my answer is, well, Natalie did it, you know, and that to me is the be all and end all of if if anything in that bio or anything that I have done, and I think there's a there's a seed inside that for all of us, certainly when we become parents mm-hmm. from where we're from, the the communities we are raised in, it's this idea that if we can have even the tiniest impact, if if we can have a positive impact, if we can inspire one single other human being on this planet, it just feels like that's the whole point, that that's mm-hmm. the be all and end all experience. And so when I was growing up wanting to be an actor, the number one thing I was longing for was community and really to feel that I could be in a space that I don't almost want to use the word safe because we use that word a lot now in communities and spaces, but in a place where I could feel authentically expressed as myself and feel accepted for those things, whatever Mm -hmm. those things are. And I think that our world is gradually really moving in that direction, but it was so fun for me to be able to create an acting technique and create a program where I'm like, this is what it's going to be about. It's going to be about acting, but it's also going to be about that mindset and that Mm -hmm. community and really about checking in of, it's really hard to do this thing. And it's hard to do many, many jobs. So I'm not sort of elevating actors to be you know, anything above any other job. Every job Mm -hmm. has, as Mark Mason and Elizabeth Gilbert talk about the shit sandwich that you, you know, (laughs) sign up for when you sign up for that job. But I do think that acting is particular in terms of our instrument is our heart. And it's what we've been through. And it's the life we've lived. And it's the pain we've experienced and the love that we've experienced or that we haven't experienced. And so the fact that we're using that as our instrument, we're giving of ourselves and of our life experience every time we do a role or every time we show up in a class or every time we show up in a scene. I do think that we need to validate the part of ourselves that is tremendously courageous mm-hmm. and also just validate the fact that it's just hard for people who aren't actors to understand exactly what we give and how we give. And a lot of what the outer world looks at as success for an actor is the credits on the resume and have I seen you in anything or are you famous yet? And there's a real lack of understanding of just Mm -hmm. what it is to be in craft and to be in an experience of mastery with your own humanity and then expressing that publicly. It's it's a very difficult thing psychologically to explain. And so I always felt as an actor, this kind of tremendous sense of loneliness. Mm. And I was really devoted to building an acting class where we could address some of those issues, where we could really have a community that really understood us and we could feel fully expressed in it. And so that, that was the seeds of that class and it's evolved over the years, which is really exciting, but that, that was the whole point. 
Oh, and I think it's such a genuine place to start from, you know, it's, it's such a, a human experience to start from, but a very emotionally connected one. And it's so important because sometimes, you know, there's so many acting techniques out there too. And it's, it's great because you shouldn't just pull from one, you should pull from like many different ones and learn and evolve and find your own groove. As they say, like, bring yourself to the role, right? Like, probably the most important thing, but like, how do we really show up and do that? authentically. And I think that your class really helps bring that out. And like you said, like a safe space, like it just makes it a little bit easier to be able to talk about certain things so that you can show up with that confidence, because if you don't have it, it makes this, uh, sustaining this job really, really difficult. And it also shows up in your work. And it's like, that's, I, I feel like we don't really, um, think about all of that, you know, like if you're nervous, like it, it shows up on screen, like those like internal thoughts, that energy they pick up in the room. So when you think about kind of the pressure that we go into and you're like, okay, we have to deliver this thing. You can get very much in your head about it. And hopefully you're, you, you don't because you've understood yourself enough. But, um, I think that's, uh, you made some really good points in regards to, nourishing and and trying to like you almost have to protect yourself in your own way energetically when you're when you're quote unquote balancing this like civilian life with the creative one right like because we don't have a normal corporate nine to five job we're very emotionally connected so I have found in my journey that I have had to navigate a special way of putting up boundaries um yeah from like a physical sense, an emotional sense. And like, it really taught me to ask for what I need. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those boundaries and, and those standards and understanding that our journey is, we share ourselves so much. So much of our journey is sharing myself publicly and mm -hmm. letting people critique that and letting people yeah. have judgments about that. That I have the authority in my own life to decide who I want to talk to about my craft and who I want to talk to about how things are going. And it doesn't have to be with everyone. And it doesn't even have to be with the people I'm closest with. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really important to know energetically, you know, maybe we have uh, people who are deeply close to us, like partners or parents even, who just maybe aren't the right people to talk to about the audition you didn't book and those kinds of things, mm -hmm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. all of us, every human being in the world has this um, inherent negativity bias, which is really a beautiful thing that helps us survive is that we will forget the one nice thing that was said and remember the 50 or the, the one not nice thing that was right. said, you know, and, right. mm -hmm. and it, it's an important thing because, you know, we, we think that if, if I was, you know, my cave person coming, coming out of my cave in the morning and there was a beautiful rainbow and I stopped to look at that rainbow and I didn't check around first for the saber toothed tiger, I would not <laughs> still be here. Like I would not evolve as a human being. Right. right? So, but we have this tendency to like, look around for the danger, look around for the critique, look around who's not supportive mm -hmm. and that's natural. But then we have also the choice to say, okay, once I've done that, can, can I also put my lens on what feels healthy for me? And sometimes oversharing or sharing at all isn't mm -hmm. what is the healthy choice. You know, it's almost right. like when you're first pregnant and there's that idea of, let me keep this sacred for myself for a little bit. Yeah. Like, let me take my time and tell people when the moment feels right for me mm -hmm. and for my family. And I mm -hmm. often think with the actors, it's the same process to give ourselves permission that even if people ask the question, what have I seen you in? And if that question makes us uncomfortable, 
we don't have to answer those questions. Like, mm-hmm. and you can choose to say things like, you know what, the next time I'm in something, I'll let you know. Like we can just choose to lovingly deflect to those that we feel like can't really understand the process. Right. Because not everybody's entitled to our process if they don't have a loving understanding of what it is to to go through it. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really interesting the type of questions that you do get. I can't tell you how many times there's this one individual that I he was a coworker in my outside job, so fascinated that I did this acting thing you know, as he says, um, he's like, how much money do you make? And I, I'm always so like, what? Like you would never ask an accountant, how much money do you make in a normal conversation? But for some reason, everybody seems to think that like asking actors how much money they make is totally fine. Uh, and then maybe there are other careers that can relate to this too. I don't know if you're a dancer or whatever, but I was always so taken aback. Cause I'm like, okay, a lot of thoughts go through my head. I'm like, first of all, none of your business. Um, <laughs> and second of all, like I, I could tell that he was, he was coming from a genuine place of curiosity. He always was, but it still took me aback because I'm like, I'm not asking you how much you make, sir. And then I kind of, I'm like, am I keeping this personal because I'm also a female woman who's deciding to be an actor and like, you're curious. So try not to be super defensive about it. But, um, and I always gave like an answer where I was like, you know, you'll be surprised. It, it varies. <laughs> or yep. if I felt like sharing, it felt like sharing, but, um, and then I would probably just, just describe the process in general of like how a commercial comes about and how you get paid like structurally wise, but like not never really needing to share the actual number. Cause again, none of your business. Um, but it's always shocking to me when, when these questions kind of come up and it's like, people really have the audacity, but sometimes they're just genuinely very curious. So, uh, yes. I, I try to see the good in that, but also, <laughs> It feels uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, I I try as much as I can with every aspect of life to realize that when people ask me a question, it usually has more to do with them than it has with me, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I try to remember that a question, if I get down to the basics, a question is a request for information. It's not personal. It's not judgmental. It's not biting. Although I can sometimes interpret the question that way and Mm-hmm. maybe so it is those things. But if I just say, okay, this is just a person requesting information and I get to decide what information feels right, right. to share. And and we right. see it everywhere. Like you see with Natalie, you're such and such age. Are you going to have children? Are you going to, then after you've had one, are you going to have another one? And if yeah. you've been with someone for a long time, are you going to get married? And uh, if you're active, how much money do you make? And wh- what have I seen you in? And it's kind of like, this this feeling that as actors or as public figures, so we can probably argue that this happens to people in any public domain, whether you're a politician or a dancer or you know writer, mm-hmm. but there's this idea that once you become a public figure, your life becomes my business. And it's our yeah. right and our opportunity and our way of really getting a good practice at self-protection as early in our career as possible mm-hmm. to just get really, really good at exactly what you described, which is giving whatever information we feel comfortable giving and not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes to practice. And I, I found that like, sometimes I won't know exactly what to say in the moment. So I had to start coming up with like an actual sentence that I like memorized, if you will, to just 
put, you know, be able to answer the question in like a respectful way, but with what I was comfortable with. And yeah. um, it took a couple of tries, took a couple of just like circumstances in general, because I wouldn't even like think I'd be put in that situation. And then, and then now I feel very comfortable, you know, talking about it. Um, and I, and again, I, I think it comes down to just the confidence of having done this career for however many years. I mean, uh, your book, 30 Years, 30 Lessons, is just a compilation of just so many different experiences. And then you've been an actor for over 20 years. I mean, you're a great person to talk to because you've really built yourself from the ground up. There is no nepotism. You know, you came out of Canada, this small town. And I love the fact that this 18-year-old reached out to you. Like, how amazing is that? Um, and so I, I guess, like, were did she sign on this 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 eighteen year old? Because I I could see myself being very touched by somebody who reached out to me too and like wanting to help and wanting to, you know, give some guidance. Um, would you say that like she it was more of a confidence thing for her or is just like not really knowing where to start? Like, what sort of guidance did you give her like as an immediate action to take, being from her, that hometown? Well, you know me, I I just love to help people. So I immediately was like, come take my acting class. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I was like, I got you, girl. I went, next time I go home, let's have a coffee. Like, I love, yeah, I love so that. Nice. I love that so much. But, um, you know, I do think that the main thing that is important for people, and this happened a lot in different moments of my career when I had what you would call like a, a bigger success. And I have had an interesting career in that way where I would have like what would seem like a really big success and then it would be like dead zone for a while and then a big yeah. success and then dead zone for a while. So I'm like kind of the queen of like the start stop. Um, and so I, I like to say that what I try to offer as a teacher or as a mentor to other actors is here's all the things not to do. Like, so you don't have to <laughs> waste your time. Right. Not that I think yeah. any of it waste for me. I think that it was all just the exact journey I was meant to be on. And um, so when I go back to, different times in my life where I've had bigger success. I've had lots of different people reach out to me, particularly when I worked with Ryan Reynolds. I had a lot of people reach out and basically say like people from all over the world, like I want to be an actor. Can you introduce me to Ryan Reynolds is like the conversation, right? And and then there's the part of me that wants to like eye roll a little bit. Like I got 15 minutes of fame and now you want to use me to get successful, right? But it's not actually what people are doing. What it actually is, is like, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in mm -hmm. and I so desperately want to be in and I don't know how to get there. And like, is there anything you can do? And it, it's just a, it's like a plea for like this thing that I love and I, I don't have the first idea how to move towards it. Right. So mm -hmm. no matter who the person was, whatever country they were in, I always responded to all of them. And my response was always. I so appreciate the bravery it would have taken to send that message. And I really appreciate you just taking that first step to just be brave enough to ask the question, whether the, whether the question goes somewhere or not, just the willingness to just take one step, to listen to your intuition and take one step. Like maybe I'll reach out to someone on Instagram or maybe I'll send an email. I always want to first validate that step in courage. Yeah. And then I want to yeah. say, I know it seems like the way in is to have a rich, fancy parent or to know a rich, fancy celebrity. And that's one way in. But the really great thing about being an actor, and it relates to what you said about studying with lots of teachers, the really great thing about this business is there's no one way up the mountain. 
Right. It can be the troublesome thing about this business because it's like, wait, if I want to be a doctor, I do this, 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 and then I become one. Great. Right. Right. It's all laid mm-hmm. out for me. So it might sometimes feel easier if I want to be an actor, I do this, 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 and then it happens. But where we're at is that there isn't that route. There isn't that way. There isn't that one road. The gift of that is any road you're on can become the road. So stop wasting your time trying to get on someone else's road or see what worked for someone else and start just saying, I wonder if this road that I'm on is perfectly designed for the talent and the dream and the desire that's been placed inside of me. Mm -hmm. Because I always think that talent and ideas want to be manifest. They don't just want to sit dormant somewhere and not be utilized. So I think that if I was born to this little planet and this talent and this dream and this desire to do it was born into my body, it means that intelligence of that talent and that dream genuinely believed I was the best person for the job. Or it would have gone to Denzel Washington, or it would have gone to Viola Davis, or it would have gone, like there's lots of other places it could have gone. It Mm -hmm. shows here and it shows here because something about it being with me was going to utterly transform my life and evolve me and put me on a path that was important for me to go on. Whether it ends up ending in stardom and lots of bookings or not, Mm -hmm. it's here with me to lead me down a path and lead me in a direction that is vital for me to walk down. Mm -hmm. And the day I wake up and it's not there anymore, it's like, oh, okay, something else now. But as long as you wake up and it's there, you got to trust that it chose you for a reason and that intelligence is inside of you and there's no teacher, no human, no celebrity, no rich person anywhere in the world that knows how to get there more so than that intelligence inside of you. And so it's really getting into a practice of being like, how can I tune into that intelligence? And that intelligence might say, reach out to this person on Instagram or that intelligence might say, okay, take this class or go down this Mm -hmm. road. But the idea is just to trust that if it's in you, it's for you. Mm -hmm. And that's the evidence you need to know it can happen for you. So what I ended up telling this girl is like, hey, listen, you know, I'm so impressed and excited that you reached out to me. And she had said, you know, I, I get to sort of have the understanding in my body that it's possible because I got to see you do some of the things I hope to do one day. And I really thought to myself, I used to walk up and down. It was this dead end road that my parents lived on between a river and an apple orchard. And (laughs) this little road had barely any traffic except for some tractors that would go by here and there. So I would go up and down that road with my Walkman, singing, (laughs) shouting, dancing, dreaming about Broadway and acting and and I didn't have anyone to follow so I just kept following that desire and I think that that's all any of us need to do is just trust the desire and just say what's the one next right action we don't have to do the whole thing and look I used to Mm -hmm. walk up and down that road and dream of being on Broadway and I'm not on Broadway you know, I'm, I have not done that, but it doesn't mean that every step that I've taken hasn't led me to the next magical moment or the next right. cool experience or the next mm-hmm. place. So I'm not looking at that younger version of myself saying, oh my gosh, I guess I really disappointed you because I never made it on Broadway or I'm not a fancy celebrity. 
that little person looks at me and is in awe. Yeah. She can't believe that I have a whole apartment to myself, that I don't have to share it with my parents. You know what I mean? She can't <laughs> believe that I could go if I wanted to and take a class at Steps on Broadway. Wouldn't matter mm-hmm. that I'm the worst person in the class. I get to do that. Like, And she can't believe that I would have $20 in my wallet all for myself that I made that I could put towards a dance class. You know, like mm-hmm. she's already so, so proud. And I think that we underestimate. It's like we were talking about in reading the bio. I think that we forget sometimes that the little person inside of us that first had this dream is already so in awe of us, no matter where we are on the journey, just for being the people who are brave enough to take the one next step every single step of the way. And whether this career for me ends somewhere right where I am or where mm-hmm. it go, whether it goes further, it's really just about those intrinsic things that happen along the way of like, I get to become more of a master. I get to have more of these kinds of conversations. I get to know myself better. I get to grow as an artist. Every audition, whether I book it or not, I I get to practice. I get to experience something. I get to play someone I've never played before. I get to say words I've never said before. And whether that ends up turning into any big fancy awards or, you know, any of those things that we think we want at the beginning, I think start to become less relevant because mm-hmm. there's so much fulfillment in just getting yeah. to live a creative life. Oh my gosh. It's packed with so many good things. Absolutely. And the creative life is what I know keeps me going every single day and why I want to nurture it so much and go back to protecting it and making sure that it is sustainable. Um I loved what you said about like having that inclining or that desire to do this creative thing and knowing that that's enough, that you can do it and it is a journey. So it's, it's also, I think, making sure you set up the right expectation to really discover yourself and leave space for that. It's not about the money. It's not about working with a high-end celebrity like Ryan Reynolds. It's not about any of that. It really is truly about the self-discovery and the process, which I think allows us to stay in the game longer because it is really easy to get burnt out. And um, for a lot of reasons, because of the emotional toll on it, because the lifestyle is um, challenging at times, right. To navigate and living in an expensive city like New York city, there's a lot that's, uh, required of us on the outside of the acting career that we need to make sure is set up correctly so that we can continue to do our acting career. Um, and that's why I really wanted to start this podcast was, you know, I, I love this craft so much, but how do we keep it, uh, for the long run? How do we just keep ourselves in the game. Like they say, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but like it really truly is. And also being okay with taking rest stops during that journey as well. And I think why I want to do so much to be here on the podcast is when you're full of wisdom, as people already know, but um, also because you've stepped into this new journey of becoming a mama that I think so many actors are so nervous about myself included was just like, okay, what's that going to look like? You know, when I, when I said, I really want to do start a family in a couple of years, like I got to figure this out, you know, and I want to know like what that looks like. And I wasn't, I didn't have anybody in my friend group and my age group that was thinking about that who also lived the same life that I lived. 
Um, so I want to dive into it, um, for sure. But I loved what you had to say about being that little kid. And I know in your class, we also talk about like that inner child, or there's a picture of us little for me, she's 12 and like that 12, 13 age. And I just hung out with a 13 year old this past weekend. She came to visit for Memorial day. And it's just like, I love that age. Like, I love it so much because there's this, this like transition time of like being a genuine little kid, a little girl, and then growing into these like teenage, more mature things and like being so unsure and insecure and you don't want to talk about things, but yet you still really love Disney songs. And like we, we, we did some karaoke and she like really, I could see her light up when the Disney song came on and I was like, this is so precious. Like keep that, that little kid does never needs to grow up because that's the one that's feeding this like desire for you to be an actor or performer, whatever it is. So um, I love the work that you do around like that inner child is, is just really wonderful. And having a little child yeah. enlivens it. I, I, I want to cry now. It just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm in this moment where I get to watch a little person and I get to watch them see the world for the first time and move their body for the first time. And like, I find myself in a habit of like, whatever she's doing, I, I just kind of copy it and I do it as well. And it's amazing the joy that fills your body when you move like a kid, when you talk like a kid, when you sing like a kid, when you allow yourself to remember. And that was the whole point of the class, but now I know it in a whole new way oh, yeah. of getting back to that pure essence of the dream and the love for it. Because, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't like doing plays in my grandmother's basement and then being like, so what's the SAG rate? When are we getting paid? And it, you know what I mean, like, and I think those are really important things, obviously, yeah. but imagine, imagine you're so savvy as like an eight year old and you're like, excuse me, this right? is overtime. Um, no. Excuse me, grandma. Yeah, grandma. <laughs> right. But there is just something about getting back to that pure essence of, I mean, and that's what acting is about presence listening, play, authenticity, being inside a moment without really any uh, agenda. Yeah. And when we get really attuned with that, and when you have a little person, it just enlivens. It, it's like the whole philosophy of that is like supersonic colors. Yeah, and it's like, you've lived this life for so long at this point, and then you get to relive life again in the small moment in details. And that's something I'm very much looking forward to. And a lot of parents yeah. talk about that. The parents that are wise enough and um, in tune enough to really appreciate the present moments. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of different types of parenting out there, but like most of the time they're like, it's the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me. And yeah. I'm like, what is that like? You know, my, my sense of curiosity and also the innate nature that I wanted to be a mom for so long, but like, like, I'm so looking forward to that. Um, yeah. so I know that this has been a dream for you to become a mother for a while, right. As, as you, I think you've shared. So at what point, I mean, you found, you know, the love of your life, this adorable Frenchman, and I love the story <laughs> that you met him with. It's so great. But like, was this a, a, a topic that came up pretty quickly when you decided to, you know, tie the knot or like be together with this person? Like, tell me a little bit about your journey in deciding to become a mom. Yeah. So I, it, it is a funny thing because our first date. So I had just met this guy. I was very in love with him. I thought he was very handsome. I 
basically stalked him all day until he asked me out. And our <laughs> first date, we were sitting and having a conversation and I immediately felt like such a genuine connection with him. And, you know, I was like head over heels. I, was, I The story I tell him, it's a true story, is the day I met him, I'm like, I'm going to marry him. Like he's yes. the one. I, and I really, for whatever whatever thing was calling inside of me was really turned on and activated. And I was like, he is the one. But because I felt so strongly, literally on day one, our first night conversation was me saying, hey, I um, am late in the game. Like, so I met him when I was 36. So mm -hmm. I was like, I really have a desire to be a mama. And I don't know when the right timing of that is, but I also know that it's a conversation I need to start really having. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you think about that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just like, yeah. Because I really wanted to be clear that if I'm going to date someone, I just want to make sure our goals and our values are aligned. And I think yes. that's not necessarily a conversation that's maybe as important when you're dating younger, but certainly for me dating at 36, that was just a very important part of the conversation sure. of like, Hey, this is where I'm headed. This is where my life is headed. And I, I had two things that I said, I said, I love France. I love France so much, but I can't move to France because acting is really important to me. And I really need to be, for me, what I felt was organic for myself. I, I need yeah. to be in New York. That's where I want to be. And I want to have kids. So if you're cool with having my children and moving to New York, I would love to keep dating you. And this is like our first date. And he's like, I, I love it. I love how okay, clear okay. you like, You're just like, this is what I want. This is what I need. We don't need to like figure this out for three weeks. And then both right. get disappointed. I love the directness. Right. It's great. I was like, you know, I'm going to be in France for the next three days. So we can still have a little love affair. And I'd be very happy if that's all it is. But uh, I, I, this is what I would like. And I would like it to be with you. And, you know, thank goodness he was just like, yeah, all that sounds great. All that sounds great. And I was I like, mean, okay, so, so let's easy, just get so married. Effortless. Let's fall in love. <laughs> um, so of course we had like a lot of roadblocks and a lot of things along the way. You know, we we ended up apart in different countries during COVID. Yeah. We, we, there was a lot of obstacles. Yeah. So when we finally were back together and able to, we were back together, we were married, we were living in the United States. We, we, everything was kind of settled, but that took several years for us because of right. different you know, immigration processes and COVID and just the timing of different things. And I think that because I was starting later, I don't want to say I was starting wiser because I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of wisdom at different ages, right? Mm -hmm. But I do feel like because I was starting later, I was starting more sure, where I was okay. really sure that this becoming a mother was vital for me. And in the same way, I felt being an actor was vital for me and living a creative life was vital for me. And I fervently felt in my body, I can't choose one or the other. Like I can't just all of a sudden become a mother and abandon all those other parts of myself. Right. And mm -hmm. I can't only do the things I've been doing and not be a mother. Right? That I felt really clear in my body that there were these two callings that were equally loud and equally important to me. So I just made it my decision and my devotion that I would live a life that incorporated all those parts of myself. And I also had a lot of friends like you, most of my friends didn't have children yeah. and, and were so fulfilled in what they were doing. And mm -hmm. I was so happy for them that they so knew that it wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. And, but it, then it always made me feel like almost the reverse of what many people feel like where many people feel like, um, the indoctrination or the 
cultural ideas like every woman must have a baby because I was like living in New York and had all these fabulous friends with no babies. It was almost the opposite where it was almost like, we all have this fabulous life without kids. Why would you want to do that? You know what I mean? Right, right. And everyone was so incredibly supportive, but it was just really beautiful to see that every woman in her own authority had their own yes and their own no. And it was clear. And, uh, and mine was really a yes. And I did start late. So it wasn't easy for us at the beginning. We had a loss before my daughter arrived and it was a, a really impactful process for me because inside that time I got to get really, really clear and intentional and start having like communication with this person of like, Hey, if you want to come here, let me know who you want me to be and let me know what I can do to like like almost like clean house or to make make the space available and I had to do that with my acting career as well where I was really fervent on saying I'm not going to for example go to my agents like oh gosh I have this news to tell you I'm pregnant I hope that's okay for you I was really fervent that I was going to get everyone enlisted in my vision and my vision of being an actress and having a baby and having a full creative life even if I did it very, very exhausted, my vision was going to be like, get everyone in the joy of that. Like, hey, yeah. look what we all get to create together. There's possibility here. This is magic. And I was very determined to make sure that my daughter never felt that her coming into my life was a sacrifice Yeah. on my end, that her coming into my life was an enhancement in every capacity. So her being here enhanced my work as an actor. And it did. I had a very, very dear friend uh, who's a wonderful actress named Maddie Corman. And I never forget her saying, Natalie, when this baby's born, just wait to see the actress you're going to become. And I was so excited about that. And so excited for another mom who's an actress who I respect so much, who's had this beautiful career. Tell me like, oh, as soon as my kids were born, the access I had to things, the ability to feel. And I had exactly that experience where I was deep in postpartum and I had mm-hmm. I had a tough time postpartum. Yeah, And I was up all one night knowing I had to film an audition the next day. And I was watching the clock, watching the hours pass, knowing I hadn't slept and I was sobbing. And the baby was up like every hour that night. Mm-hmm. Or, and I was, you know, I was soaking wet. I was sobbing. Yeah. And I remember having to do that audition the next morning. And I just surrendered into that thought of this baby is here to enhance my life as an actor, not take away from it. And I have to move into this audition as if that's the truth, as if I believe it and embodying it. And so I really said, okay, so in this particular role, I'm, I'm playing an upset mother that she's upset that something awful happened to her child. And I'm like, I'm going to bring the exhaustion. I'm going to bring the fatigue. I'm going to bring, I don't know how to do this. Cause I was really in that moment of how do people do this? How do people stay alive and keep another baby? Like I was so overwhelmed by like, I'm going to go in and be inspirational. I'm going to show people. And I'm like, I can't show anyone anything. I, I can't stand up. Exactly. Exactly. I'm exhausted. I'm not a person. (laughs) And And that audition was my first booking post-baby. 
and and it was my first ever top of show guest star that I had ever booked as well. So it was like baby showed up and also a really for me for where my career had been at the time, like a really big amazing booking for me showed up and it was just like proof and evidence of like yeah, I I just have to keep standing for it's going to look different. Yeah. It it's going to not always be smooth sailing. But if I'm devoted, and that's a word that I use a lot, if I'm devoted to this person is enhancing, this person is a gift, this and this person is enlivening new parts. And she gets to grow up seeing a mom, not who does it all, and not who does it all seamlessly and effortlessly and perfectly, but she gets to grow up with a mom who is utterly devoted and present to every single thing she loved without sacrifice. I show up for her with utter love and devotion. I show up for myself with utter love and devotion, for her dad, for my career, for every person I get to teach. And she gets to see that we don't celebrate it when it works perfect. We celebrate it when we're just doing it. Yeah. Just doing it. Oh, um, I know we're both getting emotional over here. because <laughs> it's, just, it's, so, it's so beautiful, but it's also, it's just so truthful that, um, to be able to show up and and decide that it's not a sacrifice. I think from what I've been able to observe is like, you were ready, you know, you were ready for this moment. You were ready and open to just receive this child. And then also be grateful enough for those moments where you're like, I'm, I can be messy. And like, that's part of the process. And I think for some of the friends, um, because you're so unique, like, and I specifically want to talk to you because you're living in New York city, because, you know, being a female actor, like, we tend to push things off later in life. That's just how it is. It takes longer for us to get our feet going and, and work on the things that we do. Um, which is why I think so many people are going to take away from this conversation who are living in those major markets, uh, and feel like, uh, you know, I want this thing, but like, how do I do it? And I think a lot of the actors from what I've seen, some of the resistance comes up from starting a family because they don't feel like they've accomplished enough yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, were you in a place where you're like, I'm good with my accomplishments in my career and now it's time to welcome this in? Like, did you have a sense of peace, uh, while you made that decision to become a mom or were you still kind of a little unsure? Like Miranda, this is such a good question. This is, <laughs> I can fervently tell you, I have never a day in my life had peace and I will never have a day of peace with my career because I am a being who always wants more. Like yeah. whatever opportunity I get, it just makes me hungry for the next one. Like whenever yeah. I'm on set, the last day of set, I'm sad. I like, I have to train myself to still be present and grateful because I'm like sad. Cause I'm like, I want another one. I don't know right. when the next one's going to be here. Right. Like yeah. I am, I am so hungry to be creative and I'm so hungry to be on set and I'm so it's, it's a never ending. Well, it's never full, no matter how much I do it. Like I have to do yeah. a lot of practices around gratitude and because it's like, it's like, okay, check mark. Now what's the next one. And right. so the reason I think for a long time, I did wait and put off becoming a mother because I'm like, maybe I'm going to get to the point where that is going to be full enough mm -hmm. and then it'll make sense to do it. And it never came for me. Like, I even remember like some of the bigger successes, 
it didn't then feel like, okay, great. I got a big success. Now it's time. It's like, I got a big success. Now I got to keep going with the momentum. It's the opposite of the right time. Right. 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 Um, so what I would say is what changed in me is the decision that I would stop seeing the baby as an obstacle to my success and start seeing the baby as, um, a really vital part of the success that the success that I am meant to have as an actor is not hindered by taking time to have a baby. The success I'm meant to have as an actor is a train that is going. And whether I do it with a baby, whether I do it without a baby, whether I do it with a partner, whether I do it without one, whether I do it in New York, whether I do it in another city, like if I devote to that train, that train is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I get to bring along onto that train, whatever I want. And so I just had to make the decision that I was going to stop framing it as an obstacle and yeah, start yeah. framing it as an opportunity. Yeah. I think that's so important because I think society also kind of creates this narrative for you too, that it, it's going to be an obstacle. Like, oh, travel now. Cause once you have the kid, not going to be able to travel. Is that true? Absolutely not. No. Like, my baby is my baby's been on six planes, six yeah. trips, and she's 12 months old. Like you, I'm telling you, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. Yeah, I, lo- I do love it. that. I, and that's, I mean, my husband and I are very much on the same mindset of that, where, you know, obviously we're new parents. We both don't have children yet, but we're, it's coming. And we're both kind of like, we're just going to keep doing our thing. I mean, he's military background. So there he's very used to just picking up and going with like, you know, all of his friends have like seven children. It's like, you know, Von Trapp family singers over there. Like, it's just like, and I, I love it because I'm like, if they're doing it and you know, it's not, it's not perfect. It's kind of messy, but like it's possible. So like the only person who's really stopping uh, is me is, is making that like the cognitive decision to say, no, like we're going to continue on and we're going to keep traveling and we want to do all these things. And, um, I get the same thing. Like, I think I was a little nervous about the family starting a family because I didn't know what it looked like for other actors necessarily, or like, what was the reality of it? Is there something I'm missing here? You know, that sort of thing. But I very much have been very proud of the accomplishments I've had in my life, but I, I never felt that feeling to like, I'm going to give this up and, you know, just be a mom or, you know, or not choose to be a mom, just be an actor. And that's fine if that is the the choice. But again, I love that you've had this like same, like, I want to be a mom and I want to be an actor and we're going to bring everything on the train. Like it, it's, it, to me, it excites me that we yeah. can bring all of this different stuff and, and live all these moments of life. And, and that just like thrills me beyond no end. And, um, totally. I, I just love what you had to say about that. And there's, and there's more, there's more there as far as um, like learning about yourself, you know, obviously the, there's the logistics of when the, you know, giving yourself the time to heal once the baby came and like your career does mm-hmm. kind of slow down a little bit, you know, you, you change shape a bit. <laughs> so things change a little bit. And I, I remember reaching out to you, which I'm so grateful. You were so giving with that one. I was like, how did you talk to your agents about this? Um, cause I wanted to come from a place of excitement. I wanted to just, you know, let them know, uh, when it was right for me, but then also like, is there a certain way that maybe I should talk about that? So, um, you touched on it, like being excited about it, creating that narrative for them. 
Um, but something I want to say, and I, I want to let you chime in is like, it really is your choice when you want to share it. Um, because again, it's nobody's business, but yours, it's a, it's a medical condition too. If I'm looking at it through my medical lens, like you don't have to tell them too early. Um, again, for me, I wanted a couple healthy checkups, right. Just for my own reassurance, but also no one really cares until you start showing in my opinion. I, I don't yeah. know if that was your experience, but like I waited until I knew I was going to start to show. And that's when yeah. I decided to care. That was, I mean, just if I'm talking about it practically, yeah. the only time it becomes, um, and here's where I think our industry has further to go. Mm -hmm. Any role on any breakdown, because when I was pregnant, they started submitting me for pregnant roles. And my argument was, well, why couldn't I still be submitted for that receptionist or that yeah. police officer or that lawyer? Just yep. because the breakdown doesn't say they're pregnant, why couldn't they just, why? It, it's it's like an irrelevant story detail because I, as a pregnant woman, still did many, many, many things. Like if I was pregnant and I could go to jury duty, I could go, like, you know what I mean? It's Yeah. Um, so I actually believe that on a practical level, let me back up a little bit. The information that industry needs is, as you say, as my body has changed to now indicate that if I'm auditioning for a role, I'm auditioning as someone who looks pregnant. So I booked a blacklist when I was four and a half months pregnant mm -hmm. and no one on set knew. Yeah. You know, nobody knew. Like I had a little jacket on and nobody knew. And right. it was totally... And at the end of the day, I told everyone, oh, yeah, that baby's first day on set. They were like, wait, what? That I had like my little belly, you know, and they were like, um, yeah. it was a really fun thing. But then once I really started showing, um, I was submitted for pregnant roles. And during that time, I believe there was six pregnant roles that I could be submitted for. And then um, those roles ended up going to non-pregnant women who they made to look pregnant, right? Because there's and, and I, I understand the way it all works, that no one's going to say out loud, we're not hiring people because they're pregnant. But uh, certainly I can see from a medical or from an onset or production experience, it would feel like more of a liability to of have course. someone with a quote unquote medical condition on set, right? right. With COVID right. protocols and those kinds of things. So yep. I do understand that from the time I started showing through my postpartum, there, the industry sort of shut down for me. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there's, and I'm definitely doing some advocacy work on this and working with the union to try to get some of this stuff changed and I'll recruit. Let me know how I can help. Do it with me. Exactly. Let me know how I can help. Yeah. Exactly. Letters, but do. exactly. But I, de I definitely think that these things will change and are changing and it just takes, you know, some powerful voices to keep on saying, Hey, 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 you know, Pregnant people are still people and still actors, and there's no reason why we can't be auditioning like normal as right. someone who happens to be pregnant. There's no reason at all why we can't start doing that. And and those changes are going to happen, you know? And in the meantime, the other part of this is when my little person was just itty-bitty and small and, you know, they have that new baby smell, there is no set you could have dragged me on. Like I wanted to be exactly where I was, yeah. that there's something in the design of it that I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to go to set right now. I just wanted to be with her and get to know her and experience her and smell her and hold her and touch her. And, and even now, you know, if you said to me, hey, Natalie, would you love that right now, tomorrow you booked a series regular and you're on set six days a week? 
I would say, no, I wouldn't love that right now because my little one's about to take first steps and about to start talking and I don't want to miss those things. So if it happened, I would be grateful. I would embrace it. But also part of, I think, the balance is understanding that your love for both things is so strong that you stop thinking there's some silly deadline of getting to some place in your career right now. And you start just embracing the present moment of like, you know, I get to do an audition when I get to do it. I get to be on set when I get to do it. And the rest of the time I get to be with this person and hang out with them and get to know them. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, wow. There's nowhere else I'd want to be that it starts for me to take the pressure off. Whereas before this person was here, every moment I wasn't auditioning or wasn't on set or wasn't doing something for my career, the rest of the time was sort of like, what what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my time? And and I don't think that's the same experience for everybody. But for me, that was my experience of Mm -hmm. like, now every single moment is filled with purpose because I'm either with my little person watching her see the world for the first time and getting to teach her things and nurture things and getting to learn from her or I'm getting to do my craft. And so it's, for me, it's a win-win. Absolutely. I think it just takes the pressure off. And that's why I can understand there's many, many moms who are like, hey, I just wanted to be home with my kids. And it's not that I didn't love being an actor. It's just, it lost its luster for a while. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. now my kids are older and now I'm excited to go back. I completely understand that and validate that as well. That like, whatever it looks like for you, sometimes you do want to choose one for a certain amount of time. And that's so great. That's great to follow that instinct and to follow what feels right for you and what feels right for your family. And I fervently believe that when we approach our acting career from a frequency of scarcity, which is if I don't say yes to every job, I won't make it. If I don't say yes to this job, I won't make it. Well, if it's that precarious that I could say no to one job and then not make it and I would have made it, then I don't believe in that setup. Right. If my talent is like, you have to do every single thing right or else it doesn't work out. I don't believe in that setup. In the same way with having a baby, I didn't get pregnant the first try Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the first baby that was in my body. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. still, she's, but now the one that I have is here and it worked out exactly as it was supposed to. And can I bring that same trust to my career? Sometimes I'm going to prioritize family and say no to a gig or say no yeah. to a job. And sometimes I'm going to say yes to a job and move heaven and earth to rearrange things for my family. Or like, you know, I often put her on her floor, on the floor in a little pack and play and do auditions and try to entertain her. Like I have 20 minutes while she's napping. I got to get myself taped up. Right. <laughs> that's what, that's what it looks like to balance all this right now. So yeah. is, it the, is it the best work in the world I could be doing? Maybe not, mm-hmm. but that's what it looks like mm-hmm. to be getting to hold both of these things that I love. And it's enough. And I can keep validating that it's enough. And I can keep validating that what's mine is not going to go past me and I can't mess it up. I mean, I'm going to mess it up all the time, but I know for a fact as an actor, I've made every single mistake and I've still gone on to have a career as an actor. And as a mom, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make every single mistake and I'm still going to go on to have this parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I can just know 
that whatever I decide to do, whether it's taking time off, whether it's to do one at a time, whether it's to integrate both of them, whatever choice you make, make the right choice for yourself and get fully behind it. Fully I, behind I, it. Oh, I love, I love all this stuff now. It's so good. And I, and you mentioned something too, and like the questionnaire I sent you is about, you know, I call this the balancing actor podcast, but it's really not about, about balance at all. Like it, that's an expression that we use to say like, Oh, how do you, how do you balance it? You don't, it's harmony. It's one is yeah. always going to outweigh the other. And it's always going to, you know, like you said, priorities over here one day, maybe priority over here the other day. And then you just kind of make it work. I love that you're entertaining her while you're doing your audition. That's what life looks like as an actor and a working mom. And like, you might have to do seven takes so that there's not like, you know, extra noise in the background or whatever it is. But I, I, I love the community also that being a mom has opened me up to. And I think it's so important to have other actors that are mamas considering making like its own like Facebook group, just, just so that we know who's out there, you know, and like we come up with different ways of doing things, different access to childcare, you know, watching the baby as we used to go into in person auditions. I was always that person. Like, do you want me to like watch them for five minutes? I'm a complete stranger, but I promise I, you know, was a babysitter for 10 years. And like, and, and, and just like that help there, um, it's been really amazing. So I think it's really important to share that this is a part of your life now. So it can open up and give you access to that community. Um, and then also share your experiences, like the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, I love that. I think it's great. And I love that it's not perfect and that's how it should be. Um, and it makes me laugh because I also feel like if that's the calling in your heart and that's the part of life that you're stepping into, like who's to say that this isn't going to be the next thing that does propel you forward in your career? Like I love Ali Wong. Do you know her as a comedian? Yeah, okay. love. She's hilarious, but she really leveraged her career and got famous for being the pregnant comedian. If she was not starting a family at that point, I mean, maybe she would get just as famous. She is very funny, but like that was her thing that launched her career. And now she has what, like three or four Netflix specials or whatever it is. Angela Johnson's about to have a baby girl at any point in time too. I love seeing these creatives like stepping into this motherhood and knowing that it, it's, it can be a part of our journey and that we shouldn't be afraid of it. Exactly. It's like when Amy Schumer did her special. It, it's a lot of realizing in the past, I think we've felt as females, when I'm the bigger I get, I have to hide myself more. And I think that what I learned in being pregnant, getting physically bigger and continuing to just let myself be seen, but also this idea that as my life gets bigger, as my body gets bigger, as what I can hold gets bigger, none of that means I have to hide away. None of that means I have to be ashamed. None of that means anything. And none of it means it has to be perfect. If there was one piece of advice I could give any single actor in the world, wherever you are in your journey, and or every mother actor in the world, wherever you are in your journey, it will be messy and it will be messy every day. Like <laughs> no two days will be the same. I still, you know, last night still, you know, a year in baby was fussy and I was up through the night checking on her. Like it's just messy and it's never going to be perfect and you are never going to be perfect. But if you can know, as you said earlier, just not only just managing the expectations, but giving yourself utter permission that following what is the calling of your heart and your life doesn't have to look 
like a fantasy or a picture book or a storybook tale, it gets to look messy and raw and authentic and incredibly beautiful in how real it is. And every other mom I talk to is like, oh gosh, I'm having a day. And I'm like, I got you. And when I reach out to my mama actress friends, they're like, do you need me to run lines with you for 10 minutes while the baby sleeps? You know, and Mm -hmm. those things matter because you matter and you will have this beautiful identity as a mama. And it's something that will change your heart and change your life in ways I'm so excited for you. You can't even imagine how wonderful and triggering and amazing it's going to be. And you're going to still have the identity as who you once were. And you're going to grieve that because it's not really ever going to be again. Mm -hmm. And there's a new you that's going to emerge that you're going to get an opportunity to know that's going to blow you away. And I think that whether we're having physical babies or whether we're having creative babies with projects that we do, roles that we play, it's the (laughs) same process that there's a part of us that is no longer that we grieve. Mm -hmm. And there's a new part that we get to meet that emerges that is so life-changing that you'll never want to go back. Yeah. Even though it's harder and messier and more exhausting, you'll never (laughs) want to go back. Natalie, thank you so much for all of your wisdom and kind words and showing up today. I like, I needed this. I hope you feel good. I know the people needed it. <laughs> um, and there's just, I feel like we can continue this conversation as life evolves. So maybe we'll have you back for sure. But um, everyone, please so go happy check out. <laughs> yes. Thank you for being here. Go ahead, everyone. Check out her activated actor class. Uh, it's phenomenal. Check out the create podcast. So much fun on create. And then you're also going on a trip. Uh, we are. Know, yeah. You're going on a trip. You're going to Italy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Going? Uh, next year, if I wasn't, you know, six months next year change pregnant at this point I would very much consider that trip I think you and Kristen would be so much fun to hang out with um but so <laughs> many good things on that trip as well but um I wish you the best of luck I know we will still be in contact but um thank you so much for sharing all that you could today and I wish you well on this the rest of your weekend and enjoy that little baby thank you so much for having me <laughs>